listening to the Coach's Corner with Mario Ramos. What is up? Welcome into the Coach's Corner, the place to get the inside information from the coaches themselves. I'm your host and co-head coach of the Venture Academy golf team, Mario Ramos. Pleasure to have you along for another installment of Talking TVL Football. I'm flying solo this week. Man, Frosty's caught up. Getting ready for that big Escalon-Oakdale matchup, which we'll talk about later. So like I said, I'll be flying solo, running through the rundown, kind of breaking things down for week four of TVL football. So we look ahead to week five, and then we also have our first and goal segment where we take down four topics to round things out. So we'll start things off with the uh, victors of last week. We had Hilmar, Rippon, Livingston, and Modesto Christian picking up victories. Um, Houston and Escalon suffered their first defeats of the year. So we'll get to them shortly in the big matchups they had last week against Downey and San Ramon, respectively. Uh, but first, like I said, we'll start to the, the victors. To the victors go the spoils. So they will lead us off. And Hillmar with a 8-7 uh, victory. I want to say big victory, but it was an incredibly low-scoring game, uh, a battle of a game that was a shutout essentially for um, about two and a half quarters until Hillmar was able to get a safety of all things. Uh, that That's what broke the shutout, Hillmar. Yellow Jackets defense able to come up with a safety in the third quarter to take a 2-0 lead. And then uh, Atwater able to muster a touchdown in the uh, fourth quarter. But Hillmar as well was able to get on the board with the uh, their ultimately winning score as Caden Bailey had a, a big game on the ground for the Yellow Jackets. 70 yards rushing, 5 of 10 passing, and 50 yards with one interception. So trying to get the passing game going there for Coach Marquez and the Hillmar Yellow Jackets. Uh, definitely that rushing quarterback is, uh, you know, kind of been the difference maker uh, for Hillmar. We saw him kind of, you know, start to uh, assert himself a little bit in that Sonora game against a tough Sonora defense. He was able to get going late while they were behind um, pretty handily on the, the scoring margin. Uh, but Bailey was able to find something late in that game, uh, running the ball, using his legs, and that was helpful against that game at Atwater or against Atwater there at home. Hilmar was able to pick up again the 8-7 victory to even up their record to 2-2 two and two on the season. Again, it's week uh, four, just completed moving into week five. We've got a couple more weeks until we jump into TVL football as far as league play is concerned. Um, so Hilmar evening things up at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, they, they played their, their third home game in a row or actually this week will be their third home game in a row when they play Pittman. They got Pittman, the team from Turlock, going out there to Hillmar. So a little bit of uh, bragging rights as those two teams are, are pretty close in proximity to one another too. So you know, Pittman will be jumping on the 99 and taking that Lander Road exit and going out to Hillmar to uh, take on the Yellow Jackets. And Again, that'll be the third straight home game for Hillmar, who will have a bye week, and then they will take on... Uh, They'll have one more home game. That'll be their, their fourth home game in a row, and that one will be against uh, Livingston. So that will start league play on the 29th of September when the Wolves head out to Hillmar. So Hillmar at 2-2, two and two, evening things up, picking up that 8-7 victory against Atwater. Um, another team that's picking up a victory, a much-needed victory, was the Ripon Indians. We saw that they got a, a opening week victory against Linden, then suffered a couple pretty uh, pretty handy defeats, at least one to Sonora, and then a tough loss to East Union um, in their home opener. 
they were able to take on another home game. They had a Calaveras team coming to town, and this was a chance for the Indians and Coach Musman to get right and, and kind of get back on the winning streak or winning track, I should say. Uh, they even up their record now to 2-2. Two and two. It's a ripping team that was kind of enduring some illnesses, some injuries, and that's a team that not you know doesn't necessarily uh, have a lot of depth tra traditionally. They do you know have a lot of two-way players and guys that are on the field uh, quite a bit. So any kind of you know injuries and having people out of the lineup is definitely kind of you know come into effect for the Indians. But that Calaveras team is struggling themselves, and it was a chance for for Ripon to to you know like I said make things right. Uh, they pick up the 28 to seven victory. The game was actually tied 7-7 in the first quarter, and then Rippon was able to open things up on the ground game. Aiden Reese, he had 11 carries for 138 yards, also put it in the end zone three times. Xavier Clark, he had 12 carries and 55 yards. We know how explosive he is. Uh, this time it was Reese kind of carrying the load and, and being the bell cow for the Indians in this game. Again, 138 yards on 11 carries for Reese, the junior running back. He also had a, a couple interceptions by Nathan Gaines that really stalled out some Calaveras drives. Looked like the Red Hawks were going to make something of it kind of in the second half, but the defense for Rippon was able to come up with some turnovers that, that kept the momentum on the side of the home team there in Rippon. Um, the, the passing game, again, kind of relying on the, the running game, but they were able to find some things. Uh, Heron was 6 of 8 passing. He did have a 50-yard completion in this game. Did throw one interception, but had 116 yards through the air. Again, 6 of 8 passing. So hitting some timely passes, not necessarily you know, airing it out or anything like that. But again, 6 of 8, that's 75% completion percentage, if my math is correct. So that's, that's pretty good as far as that's concerned. And then when you complement that with the running game and some timely turnovers, it was a good evening for the Rippin' Indians. And speaking of good evenings... It was a great evening for the Livingston Wolves as they were to, able to get off the snide and get themselves in the win column. They pick up their first victory. And this is a, a team, if you listen to the, the last couple of episodes, Frosty and I have been uh, talking about how this team is is close. They've been knocking on the door uh, with some of their, their games. They've been, you know, fairly close. Um, again, you know, Knocking on the door, and this time they just blasted through it as they pick up a 40 to nothing victory over El Capitan all over the Gauchos. Um, it, it was interesting if you look at the box score, it, there's you know 10 first downs for Livingston, 11 for, for El Cap, uh, five penalties apiece. El Cap actually ran 46 plays, so a few more plays um, than Livingston's 39. And time of possession, Livingston had it for about three minutes more. So, again, pretty even if you look at the box score, but if you look at the scoring column. Again, it was all Livingston as they lit it up, uh, 40 to nothing with a 34-point second quarter. So really just unloaded on the Gauchos. And they picked off quarterback Brian Carlson of the of El Capitan three times. Livingston's quarterback didn't necessarily put it in the air too much. Casanova was one of three, but he definitely used his legs, and that's kind of a theme that we, we saw there. We talked about it with Hillmar and Caden Bailey. You know, Casanova was keeping things alive in the running game, too. He had seven carries for 36 yards, a touchdown as well. He had a couple running backs helping him out along the way, Alex Hernandez and Zach Duran. Hernandez was able to punch it into the end zone one time. He had nine carries and 59 yards. And then Zach Duran with eight carries and 59 yards. He also had two touchdowns for Livingston, who, again, was all over 
um, El Capitan as they pick up a big 40 to nothing victory to get themselves he said back into the or into the win column for the first time. And uh, next week, it's, it's going to be tough sledding as the Wolves will have another home game. They're going to take on a tough 3-1 and one Sonora squad. We mentioned them a little bit earlier. They went out to Hillmar. Um, Hill, Sonora also has faced Rippon this season, and they beat Rippon 49-0. That was at Dunleavy Field there at Sonora. I, I've talked about this team. I, I've mentioned earlier before in the, in the previous episodes that I cover Sonora home games for NorCal Sports TV, and uh, so I've been keeping up with this squad, and they, they seem to be clicking offensively in that option look. Frosty's talked about it too, how it could be difficult to stop because you don't necessarily see it so much, and the quarterback, Curnow, with the weapons he has in Peoples and, and Nicholson and um, Cash now coming off the uh, – Cash Byington coming off the, the wing there for Sonora. They really are clicking offensively, and so this Livingston squad is going to have to be ready to go as the Wildcats will come out to Livingston again Friday night at 7 o'clock. 1-3 Livingston taking on 3-1 and one Sonora. All right, let's move it on to, again, another team that, that picked up a victory, and this one was Modesto Christian. The Crusaders actually had a Saturday game, and when they went out to Beret and Christian and were able to pick up um, the victory out there again on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, they picked up the victory 20-13 to 13 and a big-time performance. Again, you, you'd guessed it, um, by Jeremiah Bernard, um, a guy that we've talked about on this show. You know, consistently, Frosty is, you know, has mentioned the type of playmaker that number one is for Modesto Christian. He had another big game, seven receptions, 175 yards for one touchdown, a 52-yard long catch that he had. That was his longest catch of the game. But again, seven receptions for 175 yards and one touchdown. Uh, he kind of spread out the the wealth, if you will. You had Elijah Cook, who had an 80-yarder that he took to the house. He had a touchdown as well. And then Donovan Jones, three catches, 47 yards for a touchdown. And that's, uh, again, spreading the wealth is quarterback Ross Weidman. We, we talked a little bit about... Um, the the kind of dual threat quarterbacks in Bailey and Casanova able to use their feet and and get some stuff on the ground, pick up some rushing yards and get in the end zone, help their team pick up uh, much needed victories. Modesto Christian's quarterback Ross Weidman, he's also doing a great job of uh, using his feet. He only had eight yards on 11 carries, but it's more about extending the plays and keeping things alive. We mentioned these receivers, and he's got his eyes downfield. He's not necessarily trying to break the pocket and, like I said, just get out there and, and pick up some rushing yards. He's trying to, you know, keep the play alive and give his receivers a little more time. And uh, that's especially going to come into play, right, when the TVL starts and some of these pass rushes kind of pick up in intensity. Uh, he's going to have to be able to extend these plays to give, you know, wide men and the other receivers that we talked about and Cook and, and Donovan Jones a little more time to get themselves open because, you know, they they want to take some shots. Now, they, there's some of these plays where, like, there was one where Bernard, he, he made about, like, six, seven defenders miss. He looked like the, you know, those little kids that are behind the uh, the varsity game on Friday nights that are they're out there playing, and you got one kid that's just making all these moves and making dudes miss. And that's like Bernard, what he, what he looks like out there on the field. And so sometimes they'll hit him on a hitch, right, a five-yard hitch, and that thing's, you know, a couple broken tackles, and boom, he's gone. But sometimes, you know, they're looking downfield. They want to run the go route. He's going to need a little more time. And so having a quarterback like Ross Weidman, 
who could extend plays is going to be very critical for this Modesto Christian team who, again, you know, Frosty's talked about it, figures to, to make some noise in the TVL. He thinks they're going to be a playoff team, and, and they have the offensive capability definitely to do so, and we'll see if, you know, the, they play complementary football, and that'll help them come TVL time. But they move on to 2-1 and one following the, again, 20-13 to 13 victory over Beret and Christian that they picked up Saturday afternoon. So they will take on... Uh, Stone Ridge Christian, we'll talk about that game later. Again, Frosty has that one circled. I was talking to him earlier this week, so we'll talk about that one um, later on, the Stone Ridge Christian-Modesto Christian matchup that will take place this Friday night. All right, let's move it on to our first and goal segment. So we'll wrap things up with four topics. going to try to punch it in from the goal line. It's first, or just outside the goal line, it's first and goal. We have four cracks at it. Start off first down with the team that is technically, I guess, on top the, the standings are tied with Escalon overall, 3-1. and one. Uh, That's Houston. So Houston, they dropped their first one. We, both these teams, Houston and Escalon, were 3-0 and oh going into week four, and both of them dropped their their matchups, big matchups. Um, again, Escalon was taking on California High, and Houston uh, hosted Downey there at Houston High School. And the Knights, with their high-powered offense, didn't necessarily get rolling offensively, but put up enough points to top the Huskies. It was 19-13 was the final score. We Frosty talked about this one last week. That was his game of the week, that matchup out there in Houston between these two squads. Uh, Downey, like we mentioned, had come in high-flying and taken on um, a Houston team that, like we mentioned, was undefeated at that time. So uh, the... One of the things Frosty talked about was trying to see if, if this Houston, Houston, I beg your pardon, Houston defense uh, was, you know, ready for, for prime time, ready for these kind of big-time matchups. And if you ask me, I think they answered the call. Again, this Downey team is capable of putting a lot of points on the board, and to hold them to 19, um, including being shut out in the second half was Downey, I, I think is a, a pretty, you know, remarkable feat for Houston. And Downey is also loaded defensively. Uh, they have a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball, a lot of athletes, so they can get after it um, on defense as well. Um, so the, the Houston offense didn't necessarily get going and get a lot. They were able to pick up a touchdown in the second and a touchdown in the third. McDaniels did have 200 passing yards, six, uh, 17 of 26, 65% completion percentage, a touchdown, and an interception. Uh, Frosty thought it was going to be a big Real game. He did have 23 carries. I'm able to pick up 97 yards, so just missed the century mark by a few. Uh, Robert McDaniel, again, we mentioned the dual-threat quarterbacks. He had four carries for 20 yards and also had a touchdown for the Huskies. So um, Max Mankins caught the touchdown pass that uh, McDaniel was able to throw. So McDaniel had one touchdown pass in the air and one on the ground, but unfortunately uh, they needed another touchdown to get to the Downey Knights and so they fall a little bit short uh, in that game and, again, suffer their first defeat of the season. They'll take on Elite. Uh, that's this Friday night. Not necessarily too familiar with this Elite squad. They're out of Vallejo. They are 2-2 two and two, uh, this season. So we'll see how they, they match up there with Houston. That's going to be um, at Houston High School. So they'll make that long trek from Vallejo out to Houston. Uh, this elite team, they, they have beat Forest Hill and Western Sierra Collegiate Academy and, and suffered a couple losses to 
the St. Patrick, St. Vincent, and Woodland Christian. So we'll see if the Huskies could get right after the suffering their first defeat of the year as they take on Elite this Friday night. So let's move it on to second down, and second down takes us to the Escalon Cougars, who, uh, again, like we mentioned, were 3-0 and coming into week four, and they went to San Ramon and lost to California High out there on the road, and the Cougars are, are basically on the road the entire season. As we mentioned, Ingle Field being renovated, so um, they will you know, be on the road each and every week, and their homecoming game is going to be at MJC. So, again, at San Ramon, 42 to 21 and and the uh, the the bear of the grizzlies from San Ramon all over Escalon to start 14 nothing in the first quarter and then uh just kind of took it from there a big third quarter they they were all over the cougars 21 to 7 in that quarter frosty talked about the athleticism uh, that this california team possessed and it just proved to, to be a little bit too much early on for Escalon uh, Jaden Macedo the quarterback from California was was pretty on point, 10 to 13 for 224, uh, 224 yards that is, and five touchdowns. So he was able to toss the ball all around the yard there and against that Escalon secondary. And uh, Frosty talked about how they had a good week of practice this week. The Cougars did, and they're trying to get themselves ready for a, a huge matchup in these parts um, against Oakdale. I know a lot of people kind of had this game circled. Um, Oakdale, they they're 3-0. and Coming into this one, Escalon was hoping to come into this game undefeated as well. So you could have two undefeated squads facing off in the corral. Uh, but Escalon, like we mentioned, dropped their, their first one to California. Um, and if you ask me, I don't necessarily think that's that's too bad of a thing. Um, you know, even with that Houston game, you, you want to challenge yourself. You want to put yourself in these positions. Um, yes, as a coach, you want to, to pick up the victories, and I'm sure the players do as well. Uh, but, you know, sometimes... You know, like Frosty said, these kids were laser-focused in practice. Uh, they kind of had a different mindset, a different mentality coming into this week. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier, too, that you kind of read those press clippings and you hear the noise and the chatter and stuff like that, what people are saying about you. So sometimes, you know, a slice of a humble pie might help you out in the long run. And um, I have no doubt that these Escalon and Houston teams will still be you know, formidable players when all is said and done. Um, so uh, Escalon, again, taking on Oakdale a game that you can check out on the NFHS Network, courtesy of ABC Jam Productions. I'll be lucky enough to be on the call. So I'll be uh, out there and want to make a prediction either way on this game um, because of that reason. But I, I do think that the atmosphere is going to be electric at Oakdale in the corral. Uh, these two squads that are, are very similar. I mean, if you're a, a wing T enthusiast, and this is you've got to be you know salivating over this type of matchup, um, it should be a fun one. These two squads, I was going to say, kind of mirror each other. Uh, these two communities kind of mirror each other. And so it, it's, like it's going to be an electric atmosphere. It should be a fun night under the lights out there at the Corral this Friday night. Again, check it out on the NFHS Network, courtesy of ABC Jam Productions. I'll be out there on the call with my guy Jeremy Hurtado. So it should be a fun one. Hope you could join us. And that leads us into our Game of the Week, third down. Uh, my game of the week is that Escalon Oakdale matchup. Um, like I mentioned, you know, you could play this one in a phone booth. Both these teams are are going to be, you know, uh, they're not going to be pulling any punches. They're not going to be necessarily, you know, busting out the the trick plays or anything. It's going to be mano a mano. Um, you know, let's win this one in the trenches. Let's see who who the the tougher team is at the end of the fourth quarter. 
Um, and that's the team that's going to come out on top. And uh, again, one more time, I'll plug it. NFHS um, at ABC Jam Productions. You can check that out. Um, it'll be on there this Friday night, 7 o'clock. And, and shout out to the Escalon flag football team as well. They are 11-2 and two on the season. Uh, head coach Steve Largent has got this squad rolling. They're actually like nationally ranked. I believe uh, number eight in the nation. So it's, it's a football community through and through. Uh, the, the ladies getting things done as well, 11-2 and two on the year. Uh, the, the gentlemen here, 3-1, and one, again, taking on Oakdale in my game of the week. Frosty's game of the week, we talked a little bit about it earlier. Stone Ridge Christian at Modesto Christian. It's a home opener for the Crusaders who have been on the road thus far this season. They've already had their bye week earlier in the year, so now they'll head back home out there to uh, Insulida as they host Stone Ridge Christian, a squad that comes in undefeated, averaging seven touchdowns per game. Uh, but Frosty doesn't think the Knights have faced an offense that can match them point for point like Modesto Christian. We talked about Weidman. We talked about Bernard. So we know they could put up points. He thinks it's going to be a shootout in Salida, and it could be decided by one big defensive stand. So he's on the Stone Ridge Christian, Modesto Christian game. Again, my game's Escalon and Oakdale, the game you can check out on the NFHS Network courtesy of ABC Jam Productions. All right, that brings us to fourth down. You already know what time it is. It's Riverbank Bruin down. So the Bruins picking up a 17-6 victory. Last Friday night, they went out to Florin on Florin's homecoming and beat up on the Panthers in front of their home crowd. 17-6 to move to 2-2 two two on the season. Big-time running game by Jeremiah Cooper, the senior running back, at 25 carries, 120 yards, and able to put it in the end zone one time for a touchdown as the Bruins um, had Joaquin Becerra also run one in. He had two carries for 26, and one of those went into the end zone. And so Riverbank picks up again another victory, now 2-2 two and two on the season. Uh, a team that came into this year with the, the you know a long losing streak, 41 games I believe it was, um, coming into the season, they they picked up another one, a uh, loss that was, and then snapped that vi- that losing streak against Valley. That was a 28 to six victory. Next week they take on Valley Christian. That's going to be a Saturday game uh, this week, uh, so they won't play this Friday night. Again, they have a Saturday game. Actually, it'll be under the lights though at seven o'clock against Valley Christian, and that will be away. So the Bruins will hit the road, take on a two and two Valley Christian team, but the Bruins are sitting at 2-2 two and two themselves after picking up that dub. And shout-out to whoever's doing the at uh, RHS Bruins football Twitter. They tagged me on that last tweet. Okay, understanding the, the type of Bruin fan I am, keep it coming all day long. Much appreciated. Go RBK. Go Bruins. 2-2. Two and two. I think they're going to pick up the victory this Saturday, again, against Valley Christian. So thanks a lot for listening. Appreciate you guys tuning in we appreciate the response that we've got on this show frosty be back next week so we continue talking football you can check him out at tvl football and don't forget you can follow me at corner ramos on twitter x whatever you're calling it Uh, again hit me up let me know what it is that you want to talk about and if you are a part of tvl football player coach um, or in any other capacity and you have something interesting that you want to share with us hit me up on twitter let's get you on here we could talk some tvl football Appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.
listening to the Coach's Corner with Mario Ramos.